Welcome to the Soul Service Podcast. I'm your host and soul-centered leadership coach, Anastasia Burtnick. If you are a spiritual seeker looking to learn, grow, and make deep and lasting change in your life, you are in the right place, my friend. I'll be serving you up juicy topics on soul work, relationships, purpose, power, and everything in between. Together, we are going to dive deep into our hearts and souls so you can live your best life ever. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Soul Service Podcast. I am so excited to be here with you today. It's always a pleasure sitting down and being able to talk to you. And I love all the feedback you give me and all the questions that you have. So thank you for reaching out after you've listened to an episode and even reaching out about things that you want to hear on the podcast. The more you let me know, the more I can give you on this podcast. And this this is all for you. So thank you for reaching out. Thank you for all of your support. And yeah, make sure to let me know what you want to hear and we'll keep the conversation going because it is amazing. So today's episode is all about moving through fear of being seen. So as many of you know, if you've listened to previous episodes of the podcast, I had spent 10 years in the military. I was injured there. And as a result, I was diagnosed with uh, chronic pain, fibromyalgia, and major depressive disorder. And there was a time when I had not done healing work on myself and those disorders ruled my life. They were my identity. They were everything I was. And I didn't know how to separate myself from them. And I was struggling with them so much. Like there were days when I couldn't get out of bed because of the pain. And when my depression was at its height, basically every day I wanted to end my life because I didn't feel like I was worthy. It didn't feel like I could continue doing this. And I didn't want to be a burden to anyone anymore. But I'm here today and I've healed it. But back then, I had this huge, overwhelming fear of being seen. And, you know, honestly, I've healed that fear on so many layers, but there are still layers that come up that I have to move through even today. And I know you've heard me say this before, but anytime you do healing, you're healing layers. You're like a never-ending onion. So even if you think you've fully healed something, chances are the next time you hit a big level of growth, another version of that fear or that thing that you've healed is going to come up for you to heal on another level. It doesn't mean that you're doing anything wrong. It's, that's just the journey. We're never arriving anywhere. There's never a point where our healing is fully done. That's, that's just not how it works. There's always another layer of healing to do. So if you ever feel like, oh, I've healed this, why is it coming up again? Don't beat yourself up. It's just part of the journey. It's just asking you to heal another layer of your never-ending onion self. 
So this fear of being seen, it stemmed from truth. And the reason I hid away is it, be- is it because it was protecting me. Now, when we look at fear, basically every belief we have, every fear we have, it, part of it comes from truth. Otherwise, we wouldn't have it. I mean, occasionally there are irrational fears, but if we really dig to the root of those irrational fears, whether it's in this lifetime or another lifetime, there's probably truth behind it in some way or another. Now, the fear of being seen was very real for me because when I was injured in the military, I was no longer able to do my job in the same way. I had a lot of opportunities taken away from me. I lost contracts. I lost all my all the respect I had. And most of that was because there were people who started spreading rumors about me that I was faking my injury, that I didn't do my job. It was, you know, to this day, I don't know what, uh, why they were doing those things. I know that those, the person, especially the, there's one person in particular that is responsible for most of what I went through and the, the harassment and everything. But I don't know why they were doing it, but I do know what it taught me and the direction that it sent me in. You know, had I not gone through the harassment, the injury and everything, I'd probably still be in the military and I wouldn't be here talking to you. I wouldn't be living my purpose. I wouldn't be serving the world. So everything I know happens for a reason and hindsight's twenty twenty. and sometimes it takes years for you to figure out, figure out and be able to see what, uh, what actually happened and the lessons. And it did take me years, but it is what it is. And you can hold on to it or you can surrender to it. Now, with that fear of being seen, like I said, I was harassed. I had so many opportunities taken away from me. I I literally, this one individual at my workplace in the military, he was high ranking and he would stand and stare at me and watch me walk, watch me do things. I, as if he was trying to figure out what was wrong with me. And, and he's the one that would spread rumors about me faking And it was devastating because not only was I injured, but I also then lost my contracts. They wouldn't, I was, I was full-time. I went to part-time. They wouldn't let me work. Um, So then I was struggling financially. I was also trying to fight for care because they wouldn't recognize my injury. It took them a year and a half to do that. And there was so much pressure and stress and trauma that was, going on in my life at that point that I hid myself away because it was the only way to keep me safe. You know, 
I used to walk around my unit and ah, oh, man, I was proud. I was so proud. I mean, I, I even spent several years in recruiting. I thought the military was amazing. And I will to this day say that there are some good things about it. But, um, oh, there's a lot that's not. There's a lot that's not good. But, you know, I used to walk around and I, I let myself shine. I let myself be big. And, you know, part of that was probably unhealthy um, because I was doing it from a place of external validation and needing power. But I was also letting myself be seen. But after my injury, I stopped doing that. My, the way I walked changed, not just because of the injury, but just my whole demeanor, the way I held myself changed. I shrunk. I would literally slip in and out of the unit, trying my best to not be seen by anybody. I wouldn't speak up when spoken to or if anybody needed volunteers. I just, I just showed up, I kept my head down, and I did the best I could, and it still wasn't good enough. And I did that for a long time. And then there did come a point where I started trying to reintegrate and, and prove myself again and get all that respect back because I was in a slightly better physical position and nothing I did was good enough. And the one thing that I refused to do is kiss people's asses. I was not going to do that. But I did everything else that I could think of to try to win that respect back and get those opportunities back. And nothing I did worked because it wasn't, it was never good enough. And it broke me. Because my entire identity at that time was in the military. And... Yeah, I continued to hide. I hid myself away further and further. And I became a shell of a person. And then my surgery happened. And my surgery did not go well. And that's when, after my surgery, the chronic pain, the fibromyalgia, that's when it really started. And I'd already been in pain for a few years prior to my surgery, but it was nothing like what I experienced after. My body went into this state of, I don't even know what to call it, but it was like a constant flight mode. And it was oversensitized. It was working in overdrive. Um, I couldn't think. I couldn't sleep. I could barely move. It took me like four times as long to get my range of motion back uh, than it was supposed to. And I kept having to fight and fight and fight. I had doctors tell me that 
there was nothing wrong with me. There was no pathological reason for me to be in this much pain. I shouldn't be in this much pain. And they treated me like I was crazy. And like, again, as if I was faking or not telling the truth. And yet I was struggling so much just to get out of bed some days. And then there was the internal battle in my mind where I was thinking, well, I know I shouldn't be in this much pain, but I am. So like, I don't, I don't know what you want me to do. (laughs) It was honestly, it was a nightmare. And so I continued to hide myself away. I turned to binge eating in order to cope with my emotions because I back then I didn't have any of the tools I have today. I didn't have the support that I had today. You know, my depression had started back in 2014 and it took me until 2000, almost the end of 2017 to get help. Not because I didn't want it, I wanted it, but because I was refused the help. So for such a long time, I had no support. So like I said, I continued to hide myself away. And it became this vicious cycle because my, I, I was fighting for care. I was fighting to not be forced to go back to work and, and physically hurt myself more because they wanted me to be able to do all of these things and meet all of these tasks when I, I couldn't. I, I literally physically could not meet the requirements. And they kept, they kept treating me like I was crazy. So I had to continuously fight and advocate for myself. And it was exhausting. And, and because of this, because I had to fight so hard, to prove that just because they couldn't see it doesn't mean it wasn't there. It affected everything I did in my life. Now, any of you living with any type of pain or illness, you know that most of it's invisible. Unless you are missing a limb or you're in a, in a wheelchair or something that is actually visible, People can't see it. So they look at you and they're like, oh, you're this age or you're this or you're that and you must be healthy. There's nothing wrong with you because it's invisible. It's an invisible illness. Now, you also know that with those illnesses, whether visible or not, there are good days and there are bad days. Or something I like to change it to is there are easy days and there are hard days. But on, on, on a good day, you might have less pain or you might be able to go out and do more, go to the grocery store. And on a bad day, you might barely be able to get out of bed. And as the journey goes along, your abilities will change. But it doesn't mean at that point in time that whatever you're dealing with is gone. So one of the things I struggled with back then is that 
no one saw me on bad days. No one actually knew. Even my partner didn't know how bad my bad days actually were because I was very good at hiding. And then on my good days, I was terrified to be seen even going to a grocery store in case someone saw me and said something to someone else that, and then they would confirm that all the other people's lies that I was faking. And then I would have every piece of care that I finally got taken away from me. Those were the thoughts going through my head. So I was living in this constant fear cycle. I didn't want to be seen because if I was seen having a bad day, I didn't want to be pitied. And if I, and that's if I could even like leave the house. And when I was seen having a good day, I didn't want people to think that there was nothing wrong with me because I had just been able to get help. And like I said, that fight took years. Now that fear of being seen and then being judged and then of losing things has permeated my life in a big way. And it's something that I have had to really work on healing because that fear kept me small. In some ways, it kept me safe for a little bit, but for the most part, it just kept me small. Now, fast forward to 2018. This is a couple years after my surgery. I was still dealing with depression. I'd been through regular pain groups at this point where it talks about management. And one thing that was very helpful in those groups was um, just having a group of people that also had pain. So I, I finally felt like I wasn't alone, like I wasn't crazy. But even there, there was part of me that was so afraid because everyone else in those groups was significantly older than me. Like I was the youngest probably by about 40 years, maybe 30. And there's part of me that was still afraid of being judged because I'm so young, I shouldn't be in this much pain. But I was working on healing. At this point though, my pain was still at that seven out of 10 on a daily mark. Flare-ups were becoming a little less frequent, but they were still really severe. But one of the things that happened in 2018, and at this point I'd been on my spiritual journey for a couple of years. I'd been working on myself. I still wasn't going deep enough. At this point, I was still in the, the love and light phase. And that's a really beautiful and important phase because if you only know heaviness and negativity, honestly, I believe that you need to go through a love and light phase where you find those silver linings, where you find the love, you find the light, you, you work with the law of attraction to start changing the way your mind thinks. But that can't be all the work you do, but that's, that's, for, another, that's for another episode. But I was still in this love and light phase. And I was slowly learning how to 
really come into my soul, how to communicate with my soul. Um, I, I was learning about masculine and feminine energies. Like I was at this point, I was still building a foundation and it was a pretty strong foundation, but I was still in the process of building it. Now, because I was on my spiritual journey, I had been listening to podcasts and I had been reading books and absorbing everything I could. And there was, um, one of the, one of the community leaders or spiritual leaders that I follow, she was hosting a feminine surrender retreat and it was going to be in Boulder, Colorado. And I found out about it and I knew that I wanted to go. I could feel my soul calling me to go, to experience this, and to really just be part of the healing. Now, I had so much come up, so much stuff come up. Uh, I was terrified to potentially be seen. Um, even the thought of taking a trip, I didn't want to tell anybody about it because I didn't want, again, to that fear of being seen. I didn't want someone to hear that I was taking a trip and therefore think that I wasn't in pain. See this vicious cycle? So I had the fear of being seen come up. I didn't, I didn't, I was afraid to have the actual trip be in my life. And I was also afraid to make that investment into myself because we had been struggling financially for such a long time. And it felt wrong for me to invest in myself because who am I when I'm not even what I considered at that point? And this doesn't apply. It's funny how our, our, beliefs are so dualistic sometimes because I looked at myself and I said, because of my illness, because of the fact that I'm going to so much therapy and doing all these things, I'm not a contributing member of society because I wasn't working a full-time nine to five job because I wasn't able to. And I was at that point, but so I was judging myself like that. Now, I didn't judge anybody else going through it. So if my next door neighbor was going through the same thing I was, I would not judge them for not being a contributing member of society. So that judgment laid solely on me. But this, was, this is what was going through my head is that because I'm not a contributing member of society, I don't deserve to take a vacation, to go on this retreat, to go on this trip, to experience anything good. I don't deserve it because what have I done to earn it? And part of this is from childhood because my entire life growing up, we never went on trips. We didn't go to the lake. We didn't, like, we didn't do anything because there was never enough money. And then I, I never did it once I started working because, again, even though I had money, I felt like there was never enough. I was constantly in that scarcity mindset. So I really had to look at overcoming that because one, I felt immense guilt 
of even thinking about wanting to do this because my partner and I had been struggling financially for several several years at this point. And it was all because of everything that I went through with my mom and then with my military career. And I, yeah, I just felt so guilty because we'd been struggling. So who am I to do this for myself when we're not quite out of the hole yet? So I had to move through that. And I did. I moved through it. But man, there, there was so much that came up. But I have to say that taking that trip and honoring what my soul was calling me to do at that time, investing in myself, taking that trip. And I did the retreat. And then I also stayed a couple extra days so that I could just have some time to explore, to just be. Because I'd never, I'd never traveled anywhere other than for work. So I looked at it and I was thinking to myself, you know, if I'm going to do this, I may as well take a couple of extra days and just f- see, see what I can do. Now, taking that trip was honestly life-changing. Every time I said yes to myself, so even saying yes to the call to talk about to see if the retreat was a good option for me, and then saying yes to the retreat, and then actually booking everything for the retreat, and then taking the trip down there, every time I said yes to myself, it's like I cracked open a little more. So that version of me that had been hidden inside these walls, inside this shell that I created in order to keep myself safe, started coming out little bit by little bit. It really did open me up. And it was interesting for me because I had to be very aware of how I was taking care of myself. So... I still had pain the whole trip. I was still living with fatigue and and brain fog. And I had to be very conscious of what I was doing. But one of the things that I let myself do was just be. So earlier I mentioned that I would have fear of even going to the grocery store in case somebody saw me. Or I used to take my dog to the dog park. And we would walk in a circle. And honestly, we were the slowest ones in the dog park. But it's something that I like to do with her because she got out, I got out. um, And even there, I was terrified that somebody would see me walking in a dog park and think there was nothing wrong with me. And, you know, the world, I mean, it's a small world, small world. And you can run into people all the time that you know. Sometimes you don't run into anybody, but other times you run into people. So knowing that, that's part of why my fear was so bad is because I didn't, I was so afraid that somebody who knew me would see me. 
and then make assumptions. But when I went on this trip when down in Boulder, no one knew me. The likelihood of me running into someone in Boulder, Colorado, when I am from Winnipeg, Canada, very slim. And that allowed me to open up. It allowed me to open up on such a deep level. So I was managing my pain. I was managing my depression. I was managing the fatigue. I did what I had to do to take care of myself, whether that meant rest or taking medication. At that point, that's what I, I, w- I was making sure that I was taking care of myself. But I also allowed myself to expand and explore and try new things. So I went to this, um, it's called the Daybreakers Festival. And it started at six in the morning and they had a silent disco and it was, it was amazing. So it started, it starts off with, I think it was a half an hour, maybe an hour of yoga and then another hour or so of dancing. And it was an incredible experience. You know, the tickets weren't, weren't that expensive. I think maybe, maybe $35, $45 or something. And that morning, I hadn't really slept well. I was down in Boulder, hadn't slept well. And there was part of me that was thinking, you know what, maybe I shouldn't go. But then I got this, this intuitive hit and I was like, no, no, I'm here. I signed up for it. I'm going to go experience it. And honestly, I'm so glad I did because I just let myself be seen. I let myself be seen. I went and I did yoga and then the silent disco started. Now, I wish that I had read the instructions better and brought like a costume, which would have been fun, but it was an Alice in Wonderland theme. And there were so many people that were dressed up in these crazy costumes and it was amazing. And I was just in, in my yoga gear and that's okay. And I just let myself do what I felt good, like do what felt good. So there were times when I danced and I didn't care how I looked. And it's, it's funny because so a silent disco, we all had headphones. So the music was in the headphones. We're all listening to the same thing, but then you take the headphones off and people are just dancing and it's silent. Super, super neat experience. And watching the people there was beautiful because they were just moving how they wanted to move. They didn't care about what other people thought of them, at least not outwardly. I mean, some people might have fears or judgment come up, but I let myself sink into that environment. And I let the pain go. And I let my fear go. And, you know, honestly, at that point, that I had a lot of body image stuff that I was struggling with because um, I by this time I had gained 40 pounds after, after my surgery. And so I was, I was struggling with the body image stuff and I was just doing my best, but overall I just let go and I let myself dance and I let my body move and it wasn't perfect. Probably wasn't beautiful looking, but at the same time it probably was. And 
it was so freeing. It was freeing to be in my body and to, for the first time in years, to let myself be me. To let that part of me that had been hidden in that shell for so long come out. That experience cracked me open. It really did. And then after that, I spent time exploring Boulder. I was able to ride a bike for the first time in several years. I actually actually physically couldn't for quite a few years because my knee wouldn't allow it. Um, So I rode the bike a little bit. I walked around. I Ubered and lifted when I needed to. And it was, it was beautiful. I wasn't worried about somebody seeing me and then judging me for it. I just let myself be like everyone else in that city. I just let myself be a, a human, a person, without thinking about every single step that I'm taking I practiced walking with a better gait, just like I did in physio. And sometimes I still limped, but sometimes I was able to walk better. But I let myself just just be. I also went and I did a hike there. And, you know, that hike was incredible. It was so incredible because one, I have always loved hiking, but I don't get to do it often. And then I physically couldn't do it for a long time. And I, when I did the hike in Boulder, it was a tough hike and it took me a long time and I was slow. I was so slow, (laughs) but I still did it. And I did it with the pain present. I did it with the depression present. And I could have let those stop me. But because nobody there knew me, and I could let that fear go of being seen, I just trusted my own body, I trusted my soul, and I let myself try it. And, you know, if I had not been able to make it to the top, that's okay. But I did. I made it all the way up and I made it all the way down. And like I said, it took me a long time. I had to stop a lot. I had to take a lot of breaks. I had to make sure I had pain medication with me. But I did it. And that in itself as well felt so freeing. And that part's not even the retreat. This is just my own personal time. And then in the retreat itself, I let myself just crack open. I was vulnerable. I let myself cry in front of other people, which is not something that I would have ever done in the past. I was real and raw and honest about my experiences, about what I was going through, about what my dreams were. 
I just let myself be open. I let myself try things. I let myself dream. Everything that I had been holding back for so many years, I let it come out. And really, it, it, it did. It cracked me open. And that cracking open was a catalyst to deeper healing, to more connection with my soul, to more connection with my purpose here in this lifetime. It, it opened me up. And I was able to keep up this really beautiful, high vibrational, open energy for a few weeks after my trip. And then once that kind of the residual energy from the trip wore off, that's when I got hard again. And it was hard for me to keep, keep it up. It was hard for me to keep it up. So I could feel myself going back into my shell because I'd been back home and I didn't have support systems in place. Now, the reason I'm sharing this story with you is because when you allow yourself to crack open, it has profound effects on your life, on your ability to heal, on your ability to move forward, on your ability to grow. Really, it has profound effects. But you also need support systems in place so that you can continue cracking open. Now, It was after this retreat when I started learning about shadow work. And then months later, I started doing energy healing work um, and emotional healing work. And at this point, it was just all on myself. But I had a belief that I could change and that I could heal and that life had to be better. That was my underlying belief. I didn't know how much change I could experience, but I knew that life had to be better, so I had to keep going. I also then started taking my life coaching certification because I was ready to step into something more. But like I said, the hard part was that I didn't have a support team in place, not on the spiritual side. And that's where I was lacking because I had therapy, I had physio, I had massage, I like I had I had all of these things lined up and I had my depression group and I had my pain groups for the actual pain management and those were great, but they were missing a key component of spirituality. And that's why it was so hard for me to go from this place of being cracked open and and being of finally letting go of that fear to then coming home and after a couple of weeks after that energy died off of really taking a dive and feeling lost again and everything feeling so much harder. So 
it is important for you to find a spiritual community, to find a spiritual support team. At the beginning of 2019, I hired my first coach. And it it opened everything up. And just prior to that, I had already been, I'd been working with coaches through my own um, coaching certification because what we did in that certification is on top of all the skills we were learning, we then applied them and we, we did peer coaching. So I was getting coached a lot. And for those several months prior to me, me actually officially hiring my first coach, that's when I really started making these big changes. And at that point, again, I was doing emotional healing. I was doing energy healing and I was just open. I was just open. I was working through things. Um, I had started doing shadow work earlier in the year. And again, the shadow is all the parts of yourself that you would rather not be or parts of yourself that you push away, like your light. It's reintegrating all of those. And those are so important because until we reintegrate them, they're going to show up as triggers in our life. So I was doing all of this work. And once I finally had a support team in a different way, that's when I was able to really accelerate everything. Because other, otherwise, I was just doing everything on my own. I still didn't have really a community of spiritual friends. And yeah, I, it, it was a struggle because I, I loved all of these things. Excuse me. I loved all of these things and I was learning. I I learned everything spiritual about chakras and crystals and about angel cards and and tarot cards. And um, I, I was learning all of these different facets and like gods and goddesses and meditation. So I was building the spiritual foundation, but because I didn't have a community, I was, I was still floundering a bit because I didn't have anybody to bounce ideas off of. I didn't have anybody to call me out when I was spinning. But once I had that support team with coaches and then hiring my own personal coach, that changed. And I was part of, also part of a group coaching program where I, had, I literally had a group of spiritual people that we were, yes, we were all on different parts of our journey. Some of us were at higher levels than others of growth and that's okay, but we were able to bounce ideas off of each other and support each other. And it was beautiful. But you have to, you have to be willing to get help. You have to be willing to continue to go through things. And I have to say that that pivotal moment in 2018 when I, when I went on that trip to Boulder and it cracked me open, even though I struggled with consistency after that for quite a while, I was still cracked open. It never closed. And then I was able to open myself more and more and more. And the more I opened myself, the more I was able to heal. And being open is the key to healing. It is the key to growth. 
It is the key to experiencing things. You have to be open because if you are not open, you will go nowhere. Nothing will change. And likely the only change you might see is negative change, is downward change. So you need to be open. It is a 100% must. And you don't even have to be crazy amounts open, just a, just a little bit open. You know, my first experience with energy healing, I had received a theta healing session. And theta healing is something that I am now certified in. And this healing modality is incredible because it gets to the root of beliefs. It gets to the root of pain, of illness, of traumas, of emotions. And it actually fills you. It, it pulls anything that pulls and heals anything that's not serving you and actually fills it with creator, God, source, universe, that version So creator's version of love, of healing, whatever it is that you're experiencing, even if you don't know, for example, what it feels like to be loved in a relationship, theta healing through creator of all that is allows you to feel and know what it's like on every level to be loved in a relationship. So even if your conscious human mind doesn't know it, your soul will know it and your body will then know it and your your subconscious mind will know it through creator of all that is. Now, my first theta healing session, I had already been doing, oh, so much work on myself. And I thought that my self-love was good and that my beliefs around worth were good. I thought that I was worthy. And we went into this theta healing session and the practitioner muscle tested me. And that's essentially testing your body because if you have an underlying belief, if your conscious mind is like, no, it's, I'm good. I've healed that. But if there is actually an, a subconscious belief there that you're not aware of, your body will let you know if there's a belief there. So my practitioner, he muscle tested me um, that I am love or I am lovable. I am worthy. And My conscious mind was saying, yes, I am. Yes, I'm lovable. Yes, I'm worthy. But my body was saying no. And when I realized that my body was saying no, I had so many emotions release because I thought that I had done so much healing and yet there were still things that I was missing. And this is is natural for anyone's journey. So the muscle testing showed my practitioner and also showed me that there was more healing to do there. And I was just open to receiving whatever came through. I didn't know what was going to happen. I wasn't holding on to any expectations. I was just open. And then at the end of the session, and this is probably the most profound thing for me, the practitioner said to me, because I had had neck pain for Oh, at this point, probably 20 years because uh, I'd hurt my neck back when I was a kid. And so I'd had this neck pain for about 20 years. And he said to me, do you want to get rid of your neck pain today? And I was like, yeah, sure. Okay. Try this. And there was a part of me that 
didn't really believe that it would happen. But I was like, you know what? I'm just going to be open. We'll see what happens. I'm just going to be open. So there was still doubt in my mind, but I was open. And over the next couple of days, my neck pain was gone. And I didn't experience any neck pain for probably four or five months. And then I had some other emotional stuff come up that I had to move through. And um, then it recurred a little bit, but not to the extent that it was before. But that level of openness I had allowed me to actually allow healing into my body. And, and this is the thing is that you just have to be open. You have to be open to the possibility. You have to be open to receiving help. You have to be open to investing in yourself. Everything that will move you forward is about your level of openness. So allow yourself to be open. And that will give you a greater amount of healing. And when it comes to moving through things, especially like tying it back into the story of the fear of being seen, you don't actually have to go on a trip and travel somewhere in order to test out allowing yourself to be seen and allowing yourself to just really be who you are without hiding in your shell. You don't have to go anywhere specific to do that. And you can if you want to, but you can do that right from home. It's just about practicing it. Finding an area that you feel safe in so that you can practice these things. And the other key is having a support team. You know, this is something that I help you through in my Body of Wellness Academy that's launching May 4th. I help you be seen. I help you move through all of these fears. The support team that I didn't have at that point in time, I'm providing that to you so that you can crack yourself open and stay cracked open so that you can move through healing on an accelerated basis. I want you to actually be able to do these things and I don't want it to have to take years and years for you to heal, for you to grow. It took me such a long time because I didn't have the supports in place. But I want to provide you with those supports. Because you can overcome your fear of being seen. You can heal your body because every disease or pain or illness in the body is from emotions and traumas. Hands down. Even if there are pathological changes. It is from emotions and traumas that are now manifesting in our physical body so they can be healed. I want you to have the power to heal. I want you to have the power and the feeling of safety and the support to try new things. 
to be open to new experiences, to be open to healing. I want you to feel safe and seen and supported and understood on a deep level. I don't want you to feel isolated anymore. I don't want you to feel like a burden anymore. So allow yourself to just try something. And if you want that support, if you want to really dive deep into healing your body, then reach out to me. The Body of Wellness Academy is starting May 4th. It's a 90-day group, 90-day spiritual group coaching program. And we are going deep into energy healing, emotional healing, and also a whole bunch of practical tools that are like tangible tools to help you better manage and better live with your pain or disease as you heal it. You know, like I said in the beginning of the episode, my daily pain used to be at a 7 out of 10. And now my daily pain is at a 2 out of 10. The only thing that did that was emotional and energy healing with a support of knowing how to do things like pacing so that I'm not burning myself out, retraining my brain body signal so I know how to listen to my body instead of it just being oversensitized all the time and sending me the wrong signals. I have a good foundational support of like practical, tangible tools. I have my, my spiritual foundation and then I have the energy and emotional healing. You actually need all of those together to make a difference in your life. If you have one without the other, you're, you're missing a prong or a pillar of the building and, and it's going to be topsy-turvy. It's going to collapse. But when you have all of these bases covered, you end up with this beautiful, strong foundation. And you know, this is one of the gaps that Western medicine has, is that Western medicine only looks at putting Band-Aids on the problem. It doesn't get to the root of the problem. It doesn't understand the mind-body connection, at least most Western medicine, because what I'm teaching you in body wellness is all backed by science. Yes, it's spiritual as well, but it's backed by science. And you just, you need to make sure that you have all of your bases covered. So if Body of Wellness Academy sounds like it might be the right fit for you, send me a message, reach out, we'll hop on a call, we'll chat, I'll give you the whole layout of the program and see if you are the right fit for it. And if it's not, then I will give you more tools that you can use in your life to start healing and changing. Okay, guys, I love you so much. And if you need any support anywhere, make sure to reach out for me. All of my information is in the show notes. And you can find me on Facebook or Instagram. You can send me an email. My website is anastasiaburtnick.com. Contact me through there. And I'm here to support you. Let's do this together. I will see you on the next episode. 
Thank you for joining me today on the Soul Service Podcast. Do you want to feel powerful, vibrant, and happy in your daily life? Get in on my free Walk Your Path to Power Challenge. Head on over and join me at AnastasiaBurtnick.com forward slash power. If you love what you heard today, I would be over the moon if you could leave me a five-star review and subscribe over on iTunes. I want to help as many people as I can, and I can't do it without your support. I'll see you on the next episode.